I used to hate the water. <laughs> I can't imagine why. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Welcome to the Oilers Rig Radio. As always, I am joined by Jason. 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 Good, and you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, you know, as you as you stated, I mean, I don't really know what we talk about. I mean, I, I guess there's still people out there that think that the Oilers have a chance at making the playoffs, but every projection I've seen is basically the Oilers have to win almost every game between now and the end of the year to even have a hope so um kind of sound it just kind of feels like we're we're back to where we always are and now it's time to start watching the prospect rankings and um and be honest i i my 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 give a shit level is, is um about as low as it's ever been how about you yeah i found the you know the season is winding down and, and the, um, the hope is definitely, uh, fading and quite honestly, even with the change of GM, which is, which was needed and needed to happen. Um, there hasn't been a lot put forward to say that we're going to really turn a corner anytime soon. So to be fair, I will say this about, about Keith Gretzky so far, so far he's been okay to me. I think he's done, I like the Spooner for Gagne trade. Um, getting a warm body in return for, for Talbot was okay. I know there's people that he disappointed he didn't really do more on, on, on deadline day, but I think that speaks more to the quality of the roster that he inherited than anything else. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I think there's not a ton that he could have done. Um, but, you know... Well, and I, 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 and I, you keep hearing the argument, well, he should have at least got something for Petrovic. Okay. But, I mean, if you're going to lose your, if you're going to lose your mind because he didn't trade Petrovic, Petrovic for a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick, I mean, the stat I do know is a third round pick has a 15% chance of playing 100 games in an NHL. That's a third round pick. So well, you know, that's like Liam Reddick's territory, right? <sighs> So if you're picking up a fourth, fifth, or sixth, or seventh rounder, uh, I mean, it's about the same chances of hitting it big on a lottery ticket, right? So I think it's I think it's a uh, it's a fine. You can make the argument that he didn't get an asset an asset back, but really, what would it have been? I don't know. Were Were you disappointed? Um, for the most part, for me, for the deadline what it, it's more or less of the message that it's being sent really to everybody is that the oilers aren't and have any kind of intention on on even trying to make the playoffs at this point that's 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 what i got from the trade deadline because well, the oilers did have access I think you can read it one of two ways i think you can read it the way that you you're reading it or you can read it well we kept chase on 
um, because we, you know, and you keep hearing Keith Gretzky say it, and you hear Hitchcock say it that they're playing really well right now. Well, how many wins have they actually had? Like, at the end of the day, you got to win games. And yeah. What 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 the trade deadline told me was the the Oilers really don't have any players that anyone's interested in. Outside of, I mean, obviously outside of like you know the guy Dry side on McDavid. Yeah. Well, there was a rumor of a of a potential trade involving Cassian and James Neal from Calgary Flames, and it was actually put up with like a it was verified through Sportsnet or whatever, but nothing actually came of it, which I found to be disappointing. I thought that there was a, that was an interesting potential trade. Yeah, but, but there's no cap room. Like even if you give up, even if you give up Cassian, I don't think you've got enough cap. And then I think it was Cassian and Puliyarvi or something like that for James Neal. Something see, like and I wouldn't do that deal. And the reason why, because Neal's old. In hockey years, he's old, and he's still got term remaining. So then you, you know, it looks good for six months to a year, and then you're right back where you are with 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 Lucic. So why would they take on another contract that'll be untradeable in eighteen months? Yeah, and that's 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 also another point with it too. I guess for me, it was just to say it's like this this roster just needs a bit of like something, some kind of shakeup. Just I would like to just see players that can actually consistently contribute. You know, <laughs> which is inter- which, which is which is interesting. You know, and and credit to you know Keith Gretzky for that trade for this for the Spooner for Gagne because Gagne, you know, I thought he's been one of the better players for the Oilers this year. What I love about Gagne is the you can tell he's passionate. Yeah. Right. He wants to be here. He wants to do well. Yeah. Um, you know, will he, ever well, we have a, him for another year. So <laughs> will he be a 20, 50, 20 goal, 50, 50, 50 point guy? No, but I think if he can be a 10 to 15 goal, 30 to 40 point winger, that doesn't sound like a lot, but on this roster, that's huge. Oh, it'd be great if he could get into like, be in the second line there and be able to contribute and help on the power play, which he has. So, and he's, he's a bit of a vet too. And, you know, it was an interesting, um, I think they were talking about it on Sportsnet was he kind of replaced a bit of what Hendricks brought to the team. That's been kind of missed as well. Is that veteran, like, okay, let's get to work here, boys kind of attitude. So well, I know a lot of now, he's not going to like this, but I'd, I'd take Gagne over Hendricks because Gagne can actually play in your top two lines. Oh no, that's what I mean. But what I'm saying is what he's, but he's also brings that piece that Hendricks brought, which was oh sure the a, a little, yeah. yeah, like a little bit more of that veteran kind of presence. You know, it's it's difficult for Lucic to do that because he's just not performing at any kind of reasonable level. He's performing uh, someone who probably wouldn't actually be in the lineup if he wasn't making the salary that he was making. Well, and the other thing I want to, one of the things I want to talk to you about is. Um... One of the reasons why my, my give-a-shit meter is so low, probably the lowest it's ever been uh, as an Oilers fan. Like, I, I'm actually at the point right now, I'm wondering whether or not I even want to continue on. Uh, and I'm sure I'm not alone. And part of the reason is not just because of the, of the crap show that is the Edmonton Oilers organization, but it's just the NHL as a whole. I mean, the way suspensions are given out and the way that penalties are called is so egregiously inconsistent it makes absolutely no sense and i will agree with you know the faction of of fans that say that you know mcdavid 
deserved a suspension. It was a even though it wasn't intentional. I don't believe it was intentional. He has no history. He was a headshot. So should have he go, should have he got a game? Likely. But not in the context of if he, if he gets a you know a two game suspension, and that rat Corey Perry doesn't get anything for a forearm shiv to nurse's head. What's think, the league doing? I think that's the problem, Sean. I think that that's the problem right there, and you, you hit the nail on the head. It's not, I don't really have a problem with Connor McDavid gaining two games um, because in the Rule 48, that's what has to be given. It's a minimum, right? It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't, doesn't matter the, the circumstance. I get that. But then a, a game later that that incident with Corey Perry and Nurse happens, and there's nothing. It's the inconsistency. It, it is the same situation with uh, they were talking about it with Eric Carlson. It's the same thing, you know. He he puts a little bit of a hit to the head. He gets the automatic two games. But there's guys running around the league that do this stuff all the time, and there's no there's no check and balance to it whatsoever. And the problem that creates with that inconsistency, and you know that back when that when that guy almost freaking killed Connor going into the boards, nothing again, no suspension. So. It, it's like they got one foot in and one foot out on player safety. And that guy, George Peros, he's the guy at the top of that and needs to be held accountable for it. Because what it's just creating is we're not the only ones. It's bad when the mainstream media is calling out the NHL officiating and the NHL player safety. When you have like the main media guys out there just hauling on them and saying that the Oilers have a right to be pissed off because of the inconsistency they've received from officiating, that's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 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 wildly inconsistent, and I mean the way I look at it, yeah, did McDavid deserve a suspension by the rule book? Likely, but let's just the rule book's one thing, and what actually gets called in that in this league, and the reason why I think one of the biggest reasons why I don't think they'll ever be seen as a major uh, sport in the U.S. across the across that country is because I mean the rules at different points of the season and, you know, between playoffs and who gets suspended and stuff, they're just above the WWE. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like just get rid of Batman, bring in Vince McMahon and, and his kids. And at least they can make it a spectacle. Right. Um, Cause I don't know what I'm watching game to game. And then you watch it, you know, and I know Oilers nation had, had cut together a video of all the uncalled garbage that McDavid gets on a, you know, a game-by-game game basis. How, as a fan, why do I want to invest money into an like into this product when I get not when, when it, between the Oilers being such a crap show of an organization and the league being so wildly inconsistent on how the game's played? Why do I want to invest money into it? Yeah, well, that's and that's I think a lot of fans are at that at that point. It's you know it, it's bad enough that we got the fact that we have to deal with that we have a very lousy organization in the Edmonton Oilers from the top down. Um, we're into another year of going to be missing the playoffs, and then on top of that, we have to deal with the absolute BS officiating that has been coming out of it. And you know it's you know teams can be like, well, you're just being blah blah blah. You know that's not it's happening to every team and everything. It's like no, not really though. If you look at it, you know, the top, some of the top players and, you know, Connor McDavid, Crosby dealt with it for years. Um, it's, it's just one of those things. I, and I don't understand why they do that. If anything, they should be more inclined to protect the uh, star players. Cause you know, one of these times, you know, Connor's going to get hurt and then it's going to be a real problem, you know? So I, 
I agree with you that it's it it's it's bush league, and we've called it before bush league that on this show. Um, the officiating, like they need the NHL needs to do some kind of shakeup there. They need to improve their player safety, and they need to improve who's overseeing the officiating. That's I think a bottom line, and I don't think that it just Edmonton Oilers fans feel that way. There's other teams that, that probably feel the same way too, and other fans, anybody that watches the game, because it is just wildly inconsistent. You talked about the example with the NFL. You look at the NFL, the, the, you know, they had a couple things kind of come up, but I'll tell you the Super Bowl, if a pass interference is a pass interference, it doesn't matter if it's the last play in the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, I know we've talked about this before. So, I mean, you know, my opinion, the only way a rule book makes sense is if you call it and you call it to the letter of the rule. And this, and I'm so, I, it was something that used to drive me nuts when I still played hockey as a kid. And it still drives me nuts to this day is this whole notion of a code. Oh, there's the code. Well, no one's ever written it down, so it doesn't count. And, and, and this notion of a code seems to, it's, it moves right with, with people's opinions, um, and players' opinions and stuff. If it trips a trip, it's a trip. Period. If that rat Corey Perry decides to attack someone's head with his forearm, that's a hit to the head. Period. Well, and and that's and that's the whole thing, especially with the technology we have and everything else like that. Why did player safety not give that to him? There was no explanation ever given out. They don't give an explanation out for something that they don't call someone to the car the red. They call someone to the carpet or whatever they call it, you know, for a hearing. Right? They don't say why they didn't do it. And, you know, clearly everybody and their dog who watched that hit saw that it was a hit to the head. Like, there was no way of getting around it. So I don't understand why that's that and Connors is, is two games. I, no one, and, you know, someone can explain it to me, you know, send us a message and explain it because I don't know. I don't get it. No, I don't either. And when I talk about, you know, I, as you know, I, I wouldn't be doing a show like this with, with yourself and, and, if I didn't like watching hockey, but I, I think I'm at the point and I really, well, we'll see what happens. But as you know, I'm a university of Alberta golden bear season ticket holder. And that cost me a whopping 126 bucks for all their home games. And then you got to, you, you just buy the playoffs as they come. Well, they're going into the Canada West final yet again. And, it's easy. I mean, there's only they're, they're, but the regular seasons is very, pretty short. I think it's 28 games. You, know, you get 14 home games. Um, but they're consistently good. The the quality of players they have on the roster. I mean, they got guys that have played in the AHL, the East Coast League, and most of the guys have played uh, a full four years of WHL. It's fast. It's hard hitting. It's just good hockey. And for 126 bucks for the season, and if you want to buy the online streaming package, I think it's another 20 bucks on top of it. So when they're out of town, you can stream the the games to your computer. Will that satisfy me as a hockey fan? And I'm starting to think, well, probably, because the Golden Bears are actually cheaper than my Sportsnet Now subscription for the five months I have to have it to watch the NHL season at 30 something a month, 30 dollars a month. <coughs> yeah. So. I'm just thinking, well, is NHL hockey and specifically the Oilers something I want to invest in? Like, I'm going to watch the game tonight. I'm going to watch the Leafs game tonight. That just We're recording this Wednesday around lunchtime. And because Matthews and McDavid are going to be in the game. And that, that to me, when you've got 
guys of that stature, and especially then you throw in Tavares and Marner and, uh, and, the, and the heater that Dry Saddle's on right now, I'll watch that. And I would probably watch that next season too. I just don't know if, how many of the other 82 games I'd watch. How about you? Well, and that's and that's what that's what'll end up ha- happening, and we can turn into that organization similar to the ones that have in the states like Florida and the other ones where there's three quarters empty barns um, until uh, you know a, a good a, a Toronto comes or now an Edmonton Oilers comes or something when there's a marquee player and marquee matchup, you know, because you're still going to want to watch the best on best as always. It's the same reason why everyone lines up to watch the World Juniors and. Everyone lines up to watch the World Cups and the, the internationals and, and Olympics and things like that. You know, you want to see the best on best for sure. To to do the to do the grind of the 82 games a year, you know, there's some changes that need to happen within the NHL to because I, I think they're going the opposite way. They're going to start losing more fans and gaining traction. I think in the, in their current holding pattern, they're almost looking like they're losing momentum. You know, and the other thing is we have a risk of a work stoppage coming right around the corner too. And these are a few things that could be an absolute death rattle for this, for the NHL. So do I think it's all doom and gloom? No, but I think that, you know, it's a cautionary tale that I've seen. I've never, I've seen a lot of, you know, anger. And I've seen a lot of when, when you start to see all the sports commentators, when it's so bad that these guys that are, you know, paid for by networks and things like that, they're the ones calling out the NHL and officiating and things like that. That's, that's a sign to me. That's a sign to me because you don't like that's that's a pretty big deal. So, well, I think you can only take fans for granted for so long, but before they start voting with their wallet. I mean, you saw that in Edmonton uh, through the '80s. Obviously, the, the old Northlands was sold out with those great teams. But going into the early '90s, when they when the, when the big sell-off happened, eventually fans stopped turning up. It took a while, but eventually it happened. Well, I know for the I know for the Phoenix game a while back in Edmonton, you could get you could get pretty mid bowl tickets for under twenty bucks. So, well, and you saw that picture that I, I, I texted you that my 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 buddy Dan, who who's been a guest on this show, uh, had sent me, and he's a season ticket holder of uh, Ford Hall there, and it was um, twenty minutes before puck drop, and it looked like a ghost town. We're usually, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on in there, tons of people, and it was, you know, it was definitely a contrast from when the last time I went to a game. Um, but I mentioned Drysidle a few minutes ago, and you had, through the Oil Rig Pod Twitter account, uh, responded to uh, a tweet by Jason Greger, which I took I took issue with, and I. <laughs> I knew we were going to talk about this. <laughs> oh, why not? Why not? Right. we got to talk about something. And the reason why I took issue with it is I am really beyond tired of the uh, criticism that Dry Settle gets, that I think it's unfair, and I think it's mis... I mean, end of the day, this guy's on pace for 50 goals and 100 points. See, you have the high ground here in this argument because... Uh... I'm going to be the first to admit that Drysdale has been playing extremely well in Connor's absence currently. In the last of the last, especially this last game, I was very impressed with how he played. So well, as I said, you do have the high ground good. in this argument. So I am going to give you that. <laughs> the arguments always are they're one of three different things. One, the fan who's complaining about Drysdale claims 
that he knows that Dreisaitl is lazy and doesn't care because he can read his body language. Doesn't know the man, doesn't know anyone who knows the man, never been in the Edmonton Oilers dressing room, much the same as you and I, but claims that, like, nah, he's lazy. And that's the same, if you look back historically, that's the same argument every big guy who, who's an offensive player has, has ever, they, they always get it. Penner took it. Now, Penner didn't help himself with some of the comments he made publicly, but he was, you know, lazy, lazy. But meanwhile, you know, for probably a season and a half, he was the Oilers' best player. Um, the other argument, he can't play with McDavid. Well, that's just not true. He, he Obviously, he can play, and he's still a good, an elite player without Ponder, McTonner, McDavid. Um, so just some of those arguments are just so, like, really? That case, and then I think I said to you, yeah, let's sharpen the forks and, and run another good player out of town. Uh, like the one thing I will say about the Oilers roster, and the one thing that Shirelli uh, probably would have done, but he hasn't done. He thank thankfully he hadn't he hasn't didn't get the opportunity to. And I agree with a lot of the pundits out there. The Oilers do have a center ice you could turn into a Stanley Cup winner. Would you agree? Um, I I think we're we're it's the one the it's the one position that we are probably the strongest in. Yeah. And especially now, if you look at, you got like Sam Gagne, who can play center, uh, you know, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, McDavid, you know, plus Brodziak and like, yeah, the, the, the thing is, is on, on paper, it looks great. But I think the other problem is, is that you're, you're right, is that we got wingers. We got a guy that's played 48 games that doesn't have a goal. And, you know, Ken Hitchcock, for some reason, still puts him occasionally on the second line. And puts them into overtime situations and things like that. Like mind boggling to me. Well, if we if if we did a did an episode of this podcast and called it mind boggling decisions based, you know, from the Edmonton Oilers, that would be like a seven or eight hour podcast. Yeah, it'd be a marathon. Right? Here's like and, and the other thing too is that we look at so you got the Condors right now who are who've basically broke shattered an AHL winning streak record. And maybe that's the only reason why, but like I would start to think that hey, instead of having a Tobias Reader who cannot score to save his life playing, wouldn't we have a look at some of the guys that are making such a big impact with the Condors this year? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that. Like I was listening to the Gregor show last week. It was a pre-deadline show. And him, him and Rashad got into it because Gregor's thing was you don't trade Chase on because they don't have enough wingers. And Rashad's point was, well, why don't they just bring somebody up from the farm team? Like, can he actually be worse than anyone on the roster right now? Like, so you look at, you know, Marodi for just use him as an example. Apparently he's played really well down there. I don't know. I don't watch the Bakersfield games. Um, but apparently from the reports that I've read, he's played really well down there. You give him five games. I think Rashog's point, you give him five games. If he doesn't work out, you send him down and you bring up, you know, say uh, Tyler Benson or another Curry type player or whoever. Or Vessel or say they're going to give you less production than a reader, a chase on um, just go down the list. Cause chase on. Yeah. He got on a heater to start the season, but he's really just disappeared for the last couple of months. So if you could have if you could have traded, and I don't know that they could have, but if you could have traded Chase on for a third round pick, again, fifty percent chance of playing a hundred games. 
that wouldn't have bothered me because you're bringing up a guy from the farm, and I don't think the guy from the farm would be any weaker on your roster than Chase on the way he's playing right now. Would you agree or disagree with that? No, I 100 percent agree with that, and that's and that's that's one of the things that I think that Shirelli has not done really properly, or and currently Keith Dretzky's doing the same thing. Is that you know. I would be I would be doing the rotating door of, of some of these guys. The only the only possible reason I could think about is that maybe because of the fact that these condors are on such a great run that they don't want to mess with that, which again defeats the purpose of having a farm team. But you know I'm gonna get into that. But I don't I don't understand why we're not having these kids come up and have more of a look at them because. There's clearly, there's people that are on our NHL roster. Like, you know, I don't care about, you know, how much Lucic makes and every sit the guy for a game and let someone come in who wants to play. Like, we got nothing to lose right now. We're over eight points out of a playoff spot. We're going to be soon on the verge of mathematically almost being impossible for us to gain that ground. This would be the time to play these guys. Let's see what we got. Maybe build some momentum and some positivity into the next year. But again, the Oilers just have to do everything ass backwards in a way that just doesn't make sense. Oh, I, no, no arguments for me. And I think, you know, the big contention, if I remember correctly, between Gregor and Rashog was Gregor's like, you know, you don't want to ruin their development. And Rashog was like, it's five games. If he comes up for five games and he's in over his head, you send him down, you bring up another one. Well, that's and and that's a hundred percent right. I agree a hundred percent with Rashad because like here's the thing: I didn't agree to when they had Yamamoto up here and they had him up here for too long. I thought at the beginning of the year, when it's starting to re- when it really matters to get those wins, right? Mm-hmm. Now I would now I would be on the side of now you bring the kid up. We got nothing to lose, Sean. Absolutely nothing to lose by having these guys come up. They're going to get a bit of ex- a more, more taste of the NHL experience. It's going to help the Condors. It's going to help the Edmonton or, or Oilers organization. That's what I want to see. And I want to see these guys that are, you know, hot and cold all, all year. The Lucic and the readers who can't even, aren't even, <laughs> don't even get even remotely hot. And, you know, start holding these guys accountable by bringing people in that are hungry. Well, you, you mentioned Lucic and Pugliarvi in the, roughly in the same sentence. So question for you. There was a rumor that came out over through the trade deadline that Gretzky was shopping Lucic but telling other general managers if you want if, if sorry he was shopping Pugliarvi but telling other general managers if you want Peel Pugliarvi you've got to take Lucic's contract which likely means they would get a very minimal to no return on Pugliarvi if that is actually true what, what like so let's just say it got announced on you know at the draft that Pugliarvi goes to Montreal, the Montreal Canadiens, for and Milan Lucic for a third round pick. Would you be happy with that? Pissed off? Like, what, what, what would you feel about that? Um, I, from the get go, and again, people are not, maybe are not popular in this decision. But there was a reason why the Finnish GM from the Columbus Blue Jackets passed on Pugliarvi. He was ranked there to go in that second pick. Um, and there was a reason that happened. Or I think it was second or third or whatever. Is that guy knew and understood what kind of player Pugliarvi was going to be. So he understood the whole Finnish system. He was a Finnish GM. He knew. 
So that was the first big warning sign. When we drafted Pugliarvi, I was like, okay, but why was he passed on? He was projected to go higher. I don't think he's going to be the player that ever that a lot of people think he's going to be. And the opportunity to ditch Lucic's contract and have a have a redo with Pugliarvi, I would have been fine with. I wouldn't care if it was a third pick or something like that because to get Lucic's contract off the books is I find right now that 6 million is probably one of the biggest detriments to the Oilers organization right now. If someone, if they literally were to give away a second round pick or something for someone to take Lucic, I would have, I would have even applauded that move to be honest, Sean, because they have to get rid of that 6 million. He's an anchor on this team. Well, he's a, he's a, he's, he's barely a third line player anymore. Yes. And all he's doing is taking up cap. If he was making $2 million a year. Great. I wouldn't care. Right? Wouldn't, care. wouldn't I wouldn't, I love the guy all day, but he right now he's a hindrance to the organization. Oh, huge. And I think, you, you know, there was also rumors out there that they were trying to move Russell. Um, again, that contract is probably at least a million dollars a year too rich for other teams. You know, you got a, a guy that can play on your second pair on a bad team in a pinch, but that's not really where you want him. He's likely a third pair guy on every other team. But he also has a no movement clause, by the way. Yeah, but there's a but that changes now that we're after the end of this season. That changes. Nah. It goes. It goes to. I think my if I remember correctly, it goes to a restricted no move where he can submit a list of teams that he would be willing to go to. Yeah, I'm definitely curious on um, you know what's like how much salary everyone's going to have to uh, how much salary the Oilers are going to have to eat and picks it's going to cost to kind of essentially unscrew this, this roster. No, but speaking of unscrewing the roster question for him. So it gets announced at the end of the season when they wind it up and the Oilers don't make the playoffs on newsflash. They're not making the playoffs. Um, and they announced that Keith Gretzky, they're going to drop the interim from his title. He's going to be the new general manager. Are you pissed off lukewarm <coughs> or happy? I just would be unsurprised. I don't, I don't really, I don't know enough about Keith Gretzky so far to really uh, form too much of an opinion about it. Um, I, I, the thing that, the thing is, is that, you know, he was around for all these horrible decisions too. So where was his voice on it? Where was his, you know, personally, if, if I was Daryl Cates and I had, you know, some balls, I would have wiped, I would wipe this entire, everybody out this summer. The whole lot of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, bring in some people that have won with, with, you know, Team Finland or somewhere. Get rid of all these Team Canada, you know, because we won a bunch of cups and things, we know about, we know a thing or two about winning that whole group of them. Take them all out. And put in some people that are planning to, that uh, can build an organization from the ground up and have success. You know, if Ken, if there's a rumor that Ken Holland might be leaving Detroit, I would pay him a King's ransom to come to this organization because that guy knows how to build a team and to build a contender. It's you taken know, I, almost I, I, 20 to 30 years for him to finally start to wane. I can't and to the kitchen cupboards. You, but 
Detroit hasn't been that great the last couple seasons. And yeah, but that's but that's two in twenty. No, no, but two in twenty or thirty. Yeah, but the, that's the thing. You could make you could make back in hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? So you could you could make the same argument about at the time Shirelli was hired. You could make the same argument about him. He won no. the cup with Boston a few years ago. Yeah, that's where I disagree. Ken Holland's won a few more than one cups. That's no, the difference, that, right? I mean, there is everyone has a best before date. Everyone has it. And that's true too. That that is that is fair. But the thing is, is that you know, if I I always say maybe not, maybe Ken Holland or someone like that isn't the GM, but maybe that's someone that can start the organization with the right culture from the top, and to understand that it's. You know, we draft players and you don't see them for four years. They're all in the AHL. I don't care how good they are. They develop totally properly. They go through the system. They earn their spots. They work their way through the system like everybody should. Right. And then they go draft good. They find players like Zetterbergs in six rounds and stuff like that. You know, bring in scouts that are competent. We have one of the most incompetent scouting teams, pro and amateur, probably in the NHL. The reason why I don't want Ken Holland is just you, you just hit the nail on the head for me. Because of Oiler fans and the way that they are, Ken Holland comes here after his first draft. Everybody in their every fan's going to be like, how come that sixth rounder didn't turn into Pavel Datsuk? Why isn't this fourth rounder Henrik Zedberg? But you wouldn't even see that for four or five years. No, I know, but that's the thing. Just, just like all my logic here. I mean, these yeah. are, there's a segment of our, 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 of, of, of our community that wants to run dry settle out of town. Right, so you bring it. You bring in Holland. I'm just saying that's that. Some of them are gonna be like, you know, oh wow, every every we should just get as many draft picks as we we can get because Holland will just turn them all into all stars. Uh, I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm just saying, you know, playing devil's advocate. I just, for me, the next GM, all I care about, he doesn't do, he does just doesn't does the fewest stupid things possible. Well, we have a great centerpiece and probably the best player in the world. There's got to be somebody out there who can build the team around him. And it's going to be some short-term pain. But, you know, there's got to be a guy out there that has the guts to make the hard choices. And, you know, there's stuff that maybe we don't like at the beginning, but we see it in the long run. I don't know. But, you know... I thought that that was going to happen with Shirelli, but when you look at when you look at his history now, it starts to make more sense because he didn't apparently learn from Boston. Well, Alex, you know, I don't think I know most of the writing on the SportsDaily.com, which this podcast is a part of, under the Oilers page. He's based in Boston, and I do remember reading a post that he'd written at the time Shirelli was hired, where he was critical of Shirelli and a little nervous about Shirelli coming in because of what Shirelli did to the cap in Boston. And lo and behold, here we are. And it, it, that post, I, I should probably go back and try and find it, uh, seems a little bit prophetic now. Yeah. And so, you know, you know that guy is not going to be a GM in the NHL ever again. I'd be very, I'd be very, very surprised. Because now he has the record of doing the exact same thing to two teams. You think Shirley ever gets another job in the NHL? No, as a GM, no. Yeah, that's what I meant. Is like running a team? No, no. Like you, he's got. I mean, he's right there. It's with like full of as far as I'm. Concerned. You know, fool me once, you know, as they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> so 
the, the thing is, is that, that his track record now is extremely consistent. He didn't learn from Boston. You know, the only plus side that I see is that I hope that we turn around how Boston turned around after Shirley left because um, their organization is, is one, of the, one of the better ones. Now, another, another Lucic rumor that was came out over trade trade. I wanted to bounce off you. Uh, I know how I feel about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll save my feelings and talk to you uh, hear it. Was that Montreal and Edmonton were talking about a potential Carl, Carl Alsner for Lucic deal. Alsner has one year less left of term and I think is slightly less expensive. For me, it's a non, I wouldn't even bother. Uh, I don't see where a slow-footed around, I don't know if he's making six mil or $5 million defenseman uh, who's clearly not, doesn't have the skill set for today's game. I don't know how that helps you, but what do you think? Um, no, there is, um, I, I it, you get rid of one problem and, and, and inherit another one that's slightly cheaper. I, I guess if that's like the only option out there, but there are, you're you're right in, in thinking that it, that doesn't really solve a problem. It's just then it, then we just have instead of we have, instead of a boat anchor on the front, we have a boat anchor on the rear, right? Which doesn't doesn't move the needle for us. One of the ones I was thinking about, and unfortunately, LA was actually smart and didn't give him enough term. Was I thought maybe it'd be a great switch off is to have Lucic go back to the Kings where he was successful, and bring in Kovalchuk. Yeah, but how many how many years left does Kovalchuk have on this deal? Well, see, the Kings deal. were smart. Yeah, they didn't have a long term deal, right? So, uh, so. I, I I I would agree. With, like, why not give a guy like Kovalchuk a shot? But LA's not taking the LA's not taking Lucic's contract. No, there's not there's not any and there's no reasonable GM out there that is going to take their contract. That's the, the problem. Shot they have is like a team like Ottawa. Now that they've traded out so much money, they're going to be struggling to hit the like to hit the cap floor next season. The only, I only, that's the only way I can see them being able to move the contract. But then, even a con, even a team that's struggling to hit the cap floor for one season, do they really want another four and a half, five years of six million dollar Lucic? Because if they do get good, they're going to need that money. Oh yeah, they, he's going to cost. He, he, it's going to cost the Oilers a couple picks to to for someone to take on that contract too. Like understand that people are going to be buying. Like whoever's whoever's going to we're essentially going to be selling Lucic's contract. We're going to be paying someone to take Lucic's contract. We're going to be paying them in picks. It doesn't matter who it is. It's going to, it's going to cost this organization dearly to get rid of that contract, but they have to do it. There's no way around it. Yeah. That's why I'm not, I'm glad I'm not the guy that has to fix this thing. And one, I have one final one in closing the one question for you that I'm, I'm curious about that. I've been thinking about. Over, given the overall Oilers' performance since Todd McClellan has left, if you are Keith Gretzky or whoever takes that spot, do you bring Hitchcock back next year? Well, first I'll preface this by saying I, I don't believe there was any chance Hitchcock was coming back next year. Um, I think it was only it was only ever intended to be for this year. But would I bring him back? I, I don't think so. And, and the reason why is... If you've got a veteran team that's close, then you hire Ken Hitchcock. But a transitional team where you're going to have a lot of young guys in the lineup, um, I don't think he's the right fit. 
especially yep. with today, today's player. They mean they, it seems like they need more of a player's coach, which is certainly not uh, what Hitchcock has has been historically. So I, I would think that my my answer would be no. I mean, I'm not I'm not criticizing Ken Hitchcock. I mean, this is a hall this is a hockey Hall of Fame guy. Okay, I just don't think it would be the right fit for. I hate to say it, but for a, a yet another rebuild, I don't see him as a rebuild coach. You? Yeah. No, I and that's that's exactly my point too. Is that I don't think Ken Hitchcock will be back next year. I think that they're going to give more of a look to to Yanni and um, the other fellow there. Well, I just drew a blank. Oh, Galton Gullitson. Yeah. Yeah. I think I they might get a look. Maybe they all they all get their walking papers and they bring. I guess a lot of that's going to be up to the right? GM. That'll be the, the, that'll be up to the new GM and whoever he hires as head coach. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there we'll have to wait and you see. Want to touch on before we uh, get out of here. Uh, nope. So I think that covers it. Us? Uh, so they find us on Facebook at Oil Rig Pod, um, on Twitter at Oil Rig Pod, or Oil Rig Pod at gmail.com. Cool, man. Well, um, that was a really depressing episode. Now that I think about it pretty depressing anyway hopefully uh let's hope how, how about this let's hope that gagne goes on a heater between now and the next time we do one of these and we have something at least fun to talk about love it let's go all right man talk go oilers you.